1: Well, hello, my friends. I am John O'Leary, and I'm so happy to have you here joining me in the Live Inspired movement. On every Live Inspired podcast episode, we have amazing guests join us to share their story, their successes, their failures, their lessons, their life. Yes, you're you're going to hear profound and unforgettably inspiring stories, but more importantly, you will take away real ideas to apply in your own life. My friends, the goal here is to have guests on this show that will inspire you, yes, you, to wake up from accidental living so that you can live inspired. On today's episode, I have the honor of introducing you to a friend that I have met through speaking. His name is Karan Bolden. He is a young presenter. He is, in some regards, a young father. He is a massive force in the community doing good work for our kid He has an incredible life story. He has been through everything twice, and yet he's utilizing the struggles to inspire these kids in these schools to realize that their struggles don't have to define them, that their history doesn't have to inform who they become going forward. It's a remarkable story. It's something that our kids can apply But I know today it's something that you are going to learn from. You're going to laugh with. You're going to hear his joy, his exuberance, his passion for kids, and his passion for life. So buckle up and get ready for the roller coaster because we are bringing on my friend, our guest, Karan Bolden.
2: Hey, how you doing, John? Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm really excited about today's talk.
1: Oh, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. I love you as a guy, as a servant, as a... Man, but also as a speaker, you do a whole lot of things professionally and personally. For those who may not yet know the name, Quran Bolden, and they will, but for those who may not know it yet, tell us a little bit about what you're doing professionally today.
2: Yeah, so once again, thanks so much for having me on. I'm a speaker. I'm a fellow speaker as well. Uh, my name's Quran Bolden. I got into the industry of youth speaking, so uh, <laughs> predominant mo- most of my... Um, Speeches are for youth, but I also speak at corporations and also colleges, of course. But I started my career off speaking to youth, and it's uh, amazing how sometimes a a system that you were once being disruptive to, (laughs) when I was growing up in school, I had bad grades and suspensions, and uh, I really had a rough life because of my childhood and my upbringing. But it's amazing how sometimes the same things that we break are the same things that we have the opportunity later on to fix. And so uh, I'm in the youth market. I love working with kids. I love working with um, with troubled teens and also being able to work with um, parents that are having issues, whether you're having a troubled teen, you come from poverty, or whether you come from a, a very wealthy background. Yeah. Uh, Children of today's generation are dealing with things like social media and bullying and peer pressure that we couldn't even imagine in today's uh, in, in yesteryears. And so I just go in and I really help people figure out how to translate a message that can reach our youth and mm-hmm. also how can I translate a message from the youth back to the older generation yes. so that we can come together and be, uh, you know, working together as one big team.
1: Well, man, we're going to be talking about your heart for kids uh, as we progress forward, and we're also going to be talking about your gift uh, as a presenter, because I've been blown away hearing you twice now as a speaker. (laughs) But let's go all the way back to these troubled days as a student and even before. Tell me where you grew up and what growing up was like for you.
0: Yeah, so I was
2: born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, And um, I grew up without my dad in the household. But I really didn't care that I didn't have my dad in my my life because I had an older brother. And he was so, so amazing, John. When I tell you, this guy was just, he was amazing father figure to me, role model to me. And he brightened my day so much that I didn't even realize that I didn't have my dad in my life. Mm -hmm. It didn't even matter to me. And uh, I was an honor roll student mom decided to move us away to uh, New Orleans, where I stayed for two years. Mom wanted a brand-new, fresh start. She was doing travel nursing. And then one day I found out that uh, my life would be disrupted forever. I lost my brother to gun violence. And so from that moment forward, I moved back to St. Louis. And I just really was hard for me, John, to really focus in school. You know, when you lose someone and you don't know how to properly grieve and you don't have that – father figure in your life anymore that died, Uh, no male mentors. I just kind of lost my way, and it just seemed like every time I tried to take one step forward, I would end up taking two steps back. And it really hurt me as a teen. And so I started to get labeled by the teachers and administrations, and they would always say, hey, Quran has a lot of potential, but if you could only focus, but if you'd only would stop talking. And it's so amazing right now that I look back at everything, I'm like, if someone would have had the vision to be able to see who I could be instead of who I was, they would have said, you know what, even though Quran is speaking so much in class, instead of me trying to um, push that gift down and, and, and pressure him and make him lose this particular gift that he has, maybe we can put him in a debate class. You know, they wouldn't think like that. They would just tell me to shut up and be quiet and suspend me from school. And so I took that label on and I just said, Hey, if I can't get this right, I might as well just become who they say I am. I'm I'm a troubled teen. I, I have nothing to live for. I'm not going to amount to anything. And I start to embrace those labels. But, you know, I had this amazing counselor that came into my life, and she said, Karan, I can't help you change your past, but if you listen to me and work with me and you are uh, open to change, I can show you how to be successful in life. And that, that lady uh, by the name of Martha Christmas, who uh, passed away a few years back, she instilled something in me to that – you know, today I'm living on that legacy and I'm just letting people know, you know, hey, it doesn't matter what you came through, what you've gone through, you can still overcome it if you believe. <laughs> and if you're patient enough with yourself,
1: man, you, to, you
2: uh, move past your obstacles.
1: You just shared two hours with the content in, uh, right. <laughs> in three paragraphs. So I, I got to go back a little bit, man, because... You know, you lose your brother and then we turn the page and now you're a bad student. Then we turn the page and now you have this incredible teacher saying, hey, I can't change your past, but I can help you change your future. So I, I want to go back to the past, man. You, your father figure is your brother. This incredible, joy-filled, life-filled boy, man. This this man. How did you find out that your, your brother had been taken from you?
2: Um, it was, um, so we were home for uh, the summer. And, um, I was at my auntie's house and I came, uh, I woke up like midnight and I went down to the bottom of the steps. I don't know why I woke up at midnight, but I woke up around midnight. I go down to look down at the bottom of the steps and I hear a knock, uh, from, from, uh, it woke me up, the knock woke me up. I went down, I looked down at the bottom of the steps as my auntie at the front door and they're just embracing my mom. And they're crying, and they said these three words that would change my life forever, and they said, he is gone. And I didn't know what he is gone had meant to me at that time, but I felt like something had literally died inside of me. And I went back to my bedroom, went back to sleep, woke up the next morning. My mom broke the news to me and said, hey, your brother's gone. And uh, I was about maybe uh, seven or eight, somewhere around there. And when I uh, had to go to the funeral, it was very devastating to be able to see my brother laying in the casket. It, it, it just, you know, it just, uh, it's like still vivid in my mind. You know, yeah. to be able to see the person that I love, the person that gave me life, the person that uh, believed in me, even though my dad didn't believe in me, is now gone and taken away from me. It put a lot of uh, frustration and anger inside of me. I did not know how to release it, and I left it bottled up. I became introverted, and that's where all the trouble began. I didn't have an outlet to be able to express myself, and so uh, I went down a, a pretty bad, bad turn.
1: Corona for, for most of us, we can't imagine— most of us can't imagine growing up without a father at all in our lives, let alone losing the father figure that we had when you're a 7- or 8-year-old boy with the words, he is gone. Uh, how How did you— and then ultimately, I think it means how do we? But how, how did you pivot from being so full of anger and sadness and uh, all the normal emotions that you are right to feel as a child and then as an adolescent to this guy, this man that I look up to today? How, how'd you begin making that pivot?
2: Well, you know, I got this philosophy um, that I uh, wrote about in my book. Uh, it's called Rock, Paper, Scissors. And so there's this game that everybody plays in there. It's the rock, paper, scissors game. Most people across the world know how to play it, but it's the rock, paper, scissors game. And back then I didn't know that rock, paper, scissors was a philosophy that would help me through life. Um, rock, it's a three-step analogy to, to pivot in life. And so uh, rock simply means to believe. Uh, paper means write it down on paper. Um, set, your, set some good goals for yourself. And uh, number three is cut away the distractions out of your life. Well, let me go... To one of the main pieces that really helped me uh, make good decisions and pivot, and that was number two, which is paper. And uh, my first goal as a young person, I, I mean, I, I really did. I, I dreamed big, but um, I started off with writing it down. And sometimes people think that goals have to be uh, something that you you know exactly what you want to be, and a lot of times when I go into schools, I'm like, "What do you want to be?" And the average student says, "I want to be a basketball player, I want to be a football player, I want to be a musician, or I want to be a doctor or a lawyer." But nobody ever says, "I want to be a motivational speaker." Nobody ever says that I want to be, you know, own my own business or janitorial service. You know, things. Right. We, we say these cliches when we're when we're younger, or we say these things that we think our parents want us to say, or things that we've seen. And so the one thing that you have to do in order to be able to get to the next level in life is you have to be able to see better in order to do better. My auntie once told me that in order to be a man, you have to see a man. And so I've seen my brother uh, go to school, and I've seen my brother push through uh, trials and tribulations, even when I was younger. And so the way that I did my goal setting was through music. And so most people say, oh, don't do music. You need to write down some Mm -hmm. real goals. But, through music, I was able to express myself and write down how I wanted my life to become instead of the way that it just was. Like Sometimes I would write music that would you know, express myself to get mm-hmm. emotions out, but then I would also use music to also speak out how I wanted my life to go. And so I would write music and say, this is how I want my life to go. This is where I want to go. This is where I'm headed. And as I began to speak those words out of my life, my, my words began to manifest themselves, and my life began to change over a period of time.
1: Tell me a little bit about this uh, remarkable mentor, this teacher that uh, that encouraged you that she can't change your past, but she can help you change your future. Tell, what's her name again, and what was her role at school? Uh, yes,
2: her name was Martha Christmas. She was a counselor. So there was, a, you know, let me just tell you a quick story. Uh, this will really help any mentors out there and mentees if you're listening, if you have a great mentor. So I had this lady uh, by the name of Martha Christmas. She was a school counselor. And she would stick her neck out. I mean, I don't even understand why she picked me. Right. But she picked me. Out of all the students that she could pick, she picked me. She would come get me out of class. And all the teachers in the school were like, he's a lost cause. Why are you continuously putting your name online? You have a good brand. You have a good name, a good image. Why do you keep picking this young man and pouring pouring into him? And she says, you know, I see something that you can't see. And I can guarantee you one day. When I'm done with him, he's going to be everything that you said that he couldn't be. And the first thing that she did was she took me on this college trip. And it was the first time I had ever even stepped foot inside of a college. And she took me on this college trip to um, this uh, this college in Alabama. And so I went on this college trip. It changed my life. She imparted it into me. And so there's this one thing that I just really want to tell if you're a mentor or you have somebody that you're mentoring, it can be very, very tough for you to mentor someone that uh, has taken a wrong turn because I don't know why, but every time you sometimes when you love the people that we love the most sometimes can be the same people that cause us the most hard, they right. pain. because they, you love them so much and you're so attached to them and she wanted the best for me. And I can only imagine now now that I'm a mentor, now that I'm a guy, when when I mentor youth and they make mistakes, it kind of hurts my heart a little right. bit. And sometimes it makes you want to give up. But this lady just would not give up. She was persistent. She was consistent. And she would not give up. And she would love me even when I didn't love myself. And later on, that love tank began to get filled up. And it, it didn't happen overnight. You know, a lot of times when you pour into certain youth, um, you think that you're going to get a rose garden. It's going to. Blossom up, it's going to happen real fast, it's going to smell good, it's going to look good. But some people are so um, far behind that it'll take a little bit more nurturing and a little bit more time. But instead of planting a rose garden, she decided to plant in me an apple tree. An apple tree takes years and years and years and years to produce fruit. But you can't look at the apple tree at the beginning and just say, oh, look at the branches, it has no fruit. And just say it's a lost cause and cut down an apple tree. You know that it's an apple tree, and you know that you're in it for the long haul. And that's what, exactly what she did, even when I'm pretty sure she was discouraged from even uh, calling me a lost cause herself. She just, she just loved me, man, and I, I just really appreciate her for doing that.
1: Uh, well, my apple tree friend, I, I love that story, and I'm so grateful you shared it you uh, have gone on not only to somehow make your way through school, but you've gone on to achieve some really cool successes in life to talk about some of the, maybe one of the jobs you had and then how you pivoted away from that to, to generally what you're doing today.
2: Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So let me tell you this other amazing story. I mean, of course I'm on the phone with John, Pete, John O'Leary to share some amazing stories, right? Stay
1: humble, man. Stay, stay (laughs) humble during this hour.
2: All right. So cool. So, there's this one particular time. So I had did the music. Um, I ended up getting a record deal, ended up losing a record deal. And um, at that particular time, um, I was had a dilemma whether I was going to continuously chase my musical endeavors or whether I was going to stay home because I had just found out that my, my I had a, a newborn son. And so my mom always instilled in me, she said, Perron, you know, there is something special about you, but I want to tell you that you got to do just one thing for me and you got to be able to promise me that you'll do this. And that's if you want to be successful in life, it's not about how much money you have in your bank account. It's not about the degrees. It's not about any of those other things that people try to push on you to tell you that's what success is. While all those things are great. And I do want you to go to college. I do want you to be successful. I do want you to own your own business one day and all those things. And I want you to be successful. There's only one thing that I ask of you, and if you do this one thing, you will be successful and everything else in the universe will start to gravitate towards you being successful It'll actually help you. It'll build a great character and an energy in you that will attract all great things to you. And she said, Karan, when you have a son, make sure that you do all you can to break the cycle and take care of your son. Mm. No matter what, take care of your son. Break this cycle of your dad not being there. And so I had a dilemma. I had a brand new record deal that was on the table and I had to choose between the record deal and staying home and taking care of my son. Well, long story short, I ended up staying here taking care of my son and it was a very embarrassing moment for me in a sense because I had a record deal that was a multi-million dollar uh contract that um I had and um my music video was was being shot by these guys from MTV, these producers from MTV, and so my music video was playing, and I had to figure out whether I was going to continuously go for that or go back to work and be embarrassed and let everybody see me, you know, the guy that's supposed to have this record contract working for... Changing diapers. Yeah, right. I hear you, man. I, had, I hadn't really had any much job history, so I'm making like $7 an hour. But you know what, John? I said, you know what? I don't really care at this moment because I know the heart and, and pain that I dealt with when i having my dad around. And I believe that even if I don't get to live my dream, I'll guarantee my son will get to live his dream. But as the story goes on, I went every day. I wanted my son to see me on in my clothes and going in to work every single day. I wanted them to see me responsible. And sure enough, John, I, I went from $7 to $8, $8 to nine, nine to 10 all the way up to $12 in corporate America. And then, I just was blown away because I came in work one day, I was writing down some visions once again, I'm writing down a vision. I said, I'm gonna own a recording studio and I needed $15,000 to own this recording studio. And out of nowhere, John, you won't believe this, out of nowhere, I come into work one day and they decided to lay me off. And they decided to give me a severance package for all of my hard work because I was coming in early, staying in like they decided to give me a severance package in the amount of $15,000, which is the same exact mu- amount yeah, that man. I needed to open up this brand new recording studio for you. And so I guess I say all that to say this is that sometimes we don't understand why we go through what we're going through. But a lot of time the journey is much more important than a destination because the journey builds a character inside of you and a resilience inside of you and a preparation inside of you. That you'll be able to use in the next block of life. And so I went through the $7 and the $8 and the $12 an hour job just to be able to understand how to be be able to treat my employees and how to be able to run a real business when it was my time. And so I'm so thankful that I went through corporate America and I'm so thankful that I went through working with the youth uh, um, through music and all that. And I tied it all together, and boom, you have Karan Bowden, you know, National Youth Motivational Speaker. Uh, on the phone with Mr. John O'Leary today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell, t- tell me about the work that you're doing with kids. Yeah, so, um,
2: wow. I mean, it's, it's even as you ask me that question, I'm just, like, uh, getting really emotional, really, right now. Because uh, I've been able to uh, impact over 150,000 youth today uh, through presentations, through after-school programs, and through books and uh, these youth, they mean everything to me. I just go into these schools, and I'm able to speak to a Quran Bolden, you know, a student that maybe had a rough turn in life, but they have every bit of potential inside of them to be great. They have every talent and gift that can change the world, and all they need is someone to come in and activate and acknowledge that gift. Mm-hmm. and uh, I've been able to do that over the last seven years and travel across the country and uh, share my story, and uh, I've been seeing some great results, especially, you know, this is the one cool thing about uh, working with the youth is that, you know, I, I, seven years ago, I'm speaking to a high school senior. Well, seven years later, now that's a, that high school senior that was misguided now becomes the CEO mm-hmm. or The executive director, or maybe even just um, go, you know, get the perfect job that's in their purpose now because they heard me speaking. So I'm getting a lot of emails lately about a lot of students that are saying, like, hey, I remember when you came to my school and I'm on the path that I'm in now because of what you did seven years ago. And so it's just a really cool thing. It's once again, it's that apple tree effect where you don't see it immediately, you get those stories immediately that tell you that, oh, you came into the school, but this one student, you remember when I introduced you to to them? They're, they're not doing so well, and it kind of hurts you, but then seven years later, you come back, and they're like, oh, man, I pushed to school, I got a wife and kids, and it just really uh, overflows, overflows my heart with joy. So I'm just really excited about working with the youth today. It's a really cool thing to uh, experience.
1: Well, and Quran, it's such an opportunity for these kids to have a role model that, uh, <laughs> you know, when I go into school, sometimes it's a totally different angle than what you can bring to bear because you have been there, man. You understand the grief and the pain and the struggle that some of these kids face. You've lost a brother. You did not have the father figure. And you remind them that just because you can't change the past does not mean they can't determine the kind of future they want to live into. It's it's mm-hmm. powerful language, and you've activated and acknowledged that gift within them, and you're doing this at home too. I know you uh you have a family that is growing and expanding. Talk about your family.
2: Yeah, so okay, so this is a good part. Uh, I feel really good. You know, my mom was dead right. I mean, she uh, she was just so spot on. Mm. You know, to be able to break the the cycle, the generational curse mm. uh, that was on my family in the have three beautiful children, uh, girl, boy, girl. And um, I'm just amazed by how further along advanced they are versus to where I was and where my wife was at the time when she was growing up. And mm-hmm. My wife's amazing. She uh, she did something special for me the other day for Father's Day. She actually uh, she kept hearing me talk about this dream car that I wanted. And she knows. I've been out in the trenches working with these kids seven days a week, 16-hour days, literally, no breaks, no vacations. I just really wanted to go, and I put every single dollar and dime I had in my pocket to go back into the schools and give to students that did not have. And so she knows that I put myself last all the time, and she said, you know what, I want to do something special for you. What can I do for you? I'm like, babe, like, I really don't need anything. I'm I'm fine. I just I just want to go – go do stuff for the kids. She's like, but no, well, what can I do for you? I'm like, babe, like, like no, I, I really don't need anything. And so I was coming home from a speaking engagement that I had the other day uh, working with some youth. I come home, and I get off the airport. She's like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm at Terminal 4 or wherever right, I was at. Right. So she, she, I get off the airplane, I come outside, and she pulls up, and she has this brand new car sitting outside for me. It was a Stingray Corvette that <laughs> she bought me. Uh, as a um, as a gift, just to say thank you from you know for changing what the life that she had when she was growing up, and to be for being a great father, and also to give you something cool because she knows that the kids, you know, the first thing that they do with the youth they they look at the clothes that you got on and they look how cool and hip you are. And she said, you know, I really want you to have this because this is something that you've always wanted. It was a car that your dad used to have, uh, which is a total different story. I can share that story later. But it's a car that your dad used to have. And I want to give it to you to let you know that even though you didn't have your dad in your life, that you are the perfect father Mm. and the perfect dad for our life. And So thank you so much. And so, you know, I don't say that to brag at all. I, I always put myself last, but I had to share this story because I have an amazing support system through my wife and kids. And when she did that for me, I was just so thrilled because I would have never done that for myself getting still uh she reminded me that sometimes it's uh it's good to take a break and sometimes it's good to be able to uh treat yourself and uh she did that for me and i was just so amazed i have the most amazing family um ever
1: <laughs> so, Ron, when, so when yeah. are when are we rolling around in the stingray together man i can't believe you've held out on me for almost a month already i'm, I'm crushed
0: i'm uh, I'm, I'm, i'll come pick you up i'll come pick you up we can we can shoot the breeze we can roll hey, man, man.
1: I'm and like, uh, uh,
2: shooting the mouse or something <laughs> your
1: your oldest is how old now
2: uh, So my oldest is uh 16 all right so 16 13 and 6 about to be 7
1: and uh i know your wife does speaking and writing and raising children and a whole lot of other things in the community how's she doing
2: uh, she's doing amazing. She uh, is a nurse, so she has the same exact heart as I do. She always puts herself last. I mean, we have a real hard time between the both of us trying to uh, point ourselves. And so where we're at right now, you know, after all the businesses that we've opened, she has uh, she has an in-home health care business. She's also been doing some travel nursing and training. And she also works with uh, young teen girls. So she had a um, – um, her, her first child, which is which is not my biological daughter, but she's, she's my baby to to 100 extent, mm-hmm. but she had a child back when she was 16, and so she was a, a PK, which is preacher's kid, and uh, so that wasn't looked too good nice. on uh, when she was growing up, and then she was still in high school, so she was 16, pregnant, and you know, a lot of people frowned on her, and now, you know, look at her now, she's very successful at what she's doing she's helping uh, young girls get into health careers and she's just an amazing overall woman she's the she's one of the people that really helped me see the king inside of me
0: mm.
2: and uh it, it's a hard thing to do when you don't have men around that can guide you but you know I, I i give it up to our women out here that are being our backbones and our support system because she spoke life and she called it out she said you're a king i I see it in you. And one day you're going to impact so many lives. And she was right. So I I love her to death.
1: Tell me, uh, we're going to shift gears here in a moment, Karan, but tell me about the lack of men, as you described it, in the community. And uh, what effect do you think that's having on this generation? And give us give us listening uh, a couple tangible tools that we can lean into to be part of the solution rather than complaining about the problem because I think we are experts at complaining about them, how broken mm-hmm. they are and how they need to fix themselves. H- mm-hmm. Help help me and help we uh, be part of the solution rather than the complaining majority.
2: Wow, this is a deep subject. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, there's so many different perspectives on how do you reach you know, millennials and youth. And there's this big uh, uproar about the disconnect. And it has a lot to do with a little bit of the language barrier, but it also has to do with uh, tactics. And so most of the time, if you're a mentor and you're listening, you're probably wanting to share this great, amazing wisdom that you learned throughout the years. And you're very straightforward and you want to lay it in thick and you want to get that person to become who you are right now, (laughs) you know, even though Mm -hmm. they're still almost like babies or whatever. But a lot of times one of the things that I've seen most mentors do wrong is uh, uh, two things that come to the top of my mind. One is that versus uh, they, they most mentors don't build the relationship Mm -hmm. before they give the information. (laughs) And you, when you just want to give information without, The relationship, you're nothing but a a, a college professor. You're not in it for the long haul. And when you do that, you're just giving them information that they might forget. But when you build a relationship, sometimes you don't even have to say a word out of your mouth. You can just, them just being around you, there's something in your character and your persona and the way that you walk and your excellence that'll rub off on them without even having to say much at all as a matter of fact some of the greatest leaders that I've ever met I've never talked to them uh, as much as I do as one of my friends or anything but just me being around yes. them uh, and them living the example spoke more volumes than the words that came out of the life because I other mouth because I've seen a lot of people that speak all these words of wisdom they're very intelligent but they don't have the character you know and so yes. number one Build a relationship. That's you asking them questions, even though you might not even be that interested, you know, <laughs> but, but ask them questions so that they can talk. Because most youth and millennials, they don't get a chance to talk. Most people are trying to tell them what to do. They're trying to be an authoritarian. They're trying to boss them around and make them feel like they don't have a voice. If you really want to get to your child, grandchild, employee that's young, youth or millennial, the first thing you have to do is make them feel like their voice matters. Mm. And if you don't do that and you just try to give them information, you will have a disconnected young person that will look down at their phone when you're at the dinner table.
1: You know, Karan, Ask
2: questions, even if you're not that interested and you feel like you know it all.
1: When I was a little boy in great need of mentorship, and I think we all need that, but I think you and I needed it even more than most. Uh, yeah. Looking back on the, the the great ones, they were all men and women and boys and girls. Who would come alongside of me and just through their presence, through the conversation, through their questions, uh, made me realize not only that they cared about me, but ultimately that I was worthy. So I think that yep. is great advice yep. that we all can grab on to as we uh, try to invest ourselves in the community that <laughs> is starved for it. Yep. I, I want to shift gears into what we call the Live Inspired Seven. You, you – uh, are following in the footsteps of every other guest that has preceded you, Quran, in guided through these questions. But the first question that they have been asked and that you are now being asked is, what is the best book that you've ever read?
0: Oh, that's a good
2: one. Uh, I would have to say one of the, well... I would definitely have to say, uh, well, there's two books. I'll give you the spiritual. One. The spiritual one is the Bible. The Bible has literally transformed my life in every way that I could possibly imagine. I, I started off uh, on my spiritual journey by going, uh, I was in Houston, and my cousin had a Bible that was in the, in the closet, and I just picked it up one day, and I started reading the book of Proverbs. And it was just a, a practical way of living. And starting from there, um, I use it in my business principles every single day. And so the Bible for a spiritual aspect. And then on the other end is uh Think You Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. It mm-hmm. really helped me from a um thinking point of view. My my um the way like renewing my mind. So Napoleon Hill Think You Grow Rich book totally transformed my mind on the on just my belief yes. and my mindset and just getting rid of some of those limiting uh barriers and beliefs that I had.
1: Man, I love it, and uh, I also love the fact that your cousin's Bible was in the closet. I think most people, whether it's the Bible, uh, you know, great books that can grow rich, whatever it might be, we kind of believe in osmosis. Like, if we just hang out next to it long enough, we got it. We got this thing. Right, right. And yet, uh, I think the idea is open up the closet, whatever the book is in there, grab it, dudes and ladies, and read it, and then osmosis kicks in. It doesn't work the other way around. Uh, Karan, you— uh, tomorrow, discover that your wealthy uncle has shockingly died at 103 years of age, leaving you with millions. What would you do with that newfound wealth?
2: What would I? What would I do with the wealth?
1: Yeah, what would you do with all, all the, the millions of dollars that I've just stumbled into your mailbox? What, what, what do you do Ooh. now that you're loaded without, without a uh, you know waiting for it?
2: Um, I definitely would say that. Um, I would, uh, of course, of course I would take care of my immediate family, of course, Um, you know, wife, kids, my mom, of course, make sure that they're okay. Uh, Next to that, as far as mission-wise, I would definitely, I would start up my own school uh, that had a big emphasis on um, life choices and financial literacy. And I I say that because Mm. I feel like school prepares you to work for someone else, which is fine, but it doesn't teach you like the life skills needed. Like, you know, talking about your credit and talking about how to write checks and balances and how to run a business and how to take care of your kids, the things that are really, really important. And we spend a lot of time with our teachers every single day. I mean, our teachers literally, are our guides they are the ones that and so round of applause if you're a teacher listening i just want to let you know that a lot of people don't understand what you go through and i'm in the classroom only for like an hour doing a presentation but i've gone around in the different classrooms and i've done after school programs and during school programs and they're dealing with a whole lot but what i would say is is that if some of these teachers could have the opportunity to be able to really invest in the person versus uh just lesson plans mm-hmm. i think that uh that our schools could be so much more better. And I believe that we can create productive citizens. Uh, and, and instead of just focusing on the, the IQ side of things, I think that there are a group of teachers and a group of people that really want to focus on that EQ side, which is that mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, that social change aspect. And so if I, if I had the money uh, and, and that was given to me, I would start up a school for social change. Um, uh, of course, still have the academic side, but I would start up mm-hmm. a side for social change. And uh, athletics is what I would
1: do. Gron, if your house caught fire and all living things, your babies, your bride, your mama, everybody's out of that house, all the animals are out of the house, and you have an opportunity to run in and get one thing that really does matter to you today, uh, besides the keys to that stingray, what else would you run in and, and, and grab from that burning house? What Truly, What? what what's that item that really matters? Uh,
2: what? thing that i would go i would go grab my high school diploma uh i had uh there was a year when i dropped out of school because things were just getting really rough for me and my mom pushed me in it and i was about to just give up and my mom told me to go back i did go back and uh i made her very proud that day so i would go grab my high school diploma to be able to show every young person that even when you give up As long as you still have breath in your life, you still have an opportunity to go back and fix things. And so I would go grab my high school diploma.
1: Boom, man. We should drop the mic on that. Sadly, we have four more questions, but that that is awesome, man. Uh, Karan, if you could sit on a bench overlooking a beach and have a long conversation with anyone, living or dead, who would you want to be hanging out with on that that bench?
2: Uh, I would definitely have to say... uh, Barack
1: Obama. Huh. What do you and want?
2: To... Go ahead. The reason that I say that, of course, is because just being an African American uh, male, there is a lot of uh, you know statistics and studies out there just showing that how many of us are uh, locked up or not inside of the the home, and you know we don't really have as many male mentors as other ethnic backgrounds, um, and to see uh, Barack Obama go and do something that had never been done before and to be able to be the president of the free world and just to operate in the way that he has, uh, with all the stones thrown at him, which I couldn't even imagine, I would sit down and ask him, how did he do it and how did he not one time lose his cool throughout eight years? I would ask him, how was he able to bear that burden? And uh, I would ask a ton of other questions, but I would definitely want to sit on the bench with Barack Obama.
1: What's the best advice that you've ever received? Uh,
2: The best advice I ever received uh, would have to be something simple. Be patient. (laughs) Hmm. Be patient. Uh, it's, It's really hard in the microwave generation to do such a thing everybody wants everything now mm-hmm. but i found out that uh you know the tortoise and hair effect still works yes uh, so be patient always
1: man i love it what would you tell your 20 year old self uh
2: get rid of the knuckleheads away from you <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I would, tell my, I would tell my younger self to to uh to
2: to to dream big and dream big with people that and, and to walk alongside people that dream big mm. right along with
1: you. Dude, I love it. And my final question is, it has been said that all great people can have their lives summed up in one sentence. How would you want your one sentence to read?
2: Wow, that's a good one. Uh, um I would uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a maverick, so I would say three words that could be one sentence with commas or periods, but I would say I would want it to read Quran Bolden, resilient, radiant, relevant. Those are the three things that I want to be remembered for. Um, and uh, that's what I want to instill in
1: our youth today. Well, Quran Bolden, radiant, resilient, and relevant speaker, writer. Community organizer, impactor in the community, spouse, Corvette driver, friend of John O'Leary, <laughs> and a whole lot of other titles. Your life changed when you heard the words, he is gone. Uh, and yet today, I think we heard the words loud and clear through your smile that I think everybody saw and felt on, on, the, on air that uh, you are back, man. So we, we're grateful that you are back and shining brightly. So thank you for spending some time with us.
2: Oh, no, thank you so much, John, for having me on. I really am inspired by you. I know you're not the type of guy that want to give get any credit at all, but you really changed my life. Your example speaks much louder than your words, and you changed my life in more ways than you can imagine. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm so honored and privileged
1: to be on the show today. Well, brother, we we love you, we love your work, and we love the impact that you're having in the community. My friends, if you want to learn more about Quran Bolden, check out his website at Bolden. Dot com. It's koranbolde com. He's worthy, so is his work. Quran, it has been a joy. Thank you for joining us this time. And until next time, this is John O'Leary, and today is your day. Live inspired. Well, my friends, what, what jumped off most from that podcast today? What quote struck you most deeply or dearly? Uh, what I sensed was not only the quotes he shared, I'm going to go through a couple of them, but I'm going to share with you what really hit me hard. Uh, the words, three words, he is gone. Uh, I can't imagine hearing those words when I'm a seven-year-old boy and the only father figure I have is now gone. This 23-year-old brother of his, he is gone. He didn't have the dad growing up, but he had that brother and now he is gone. Uh, I wish someone, this is a quote Quran shared, I wish someone had the vision of encouraging me to be who I could be instead of telling me repeatedly who I was not. I think we all would benefit from being that voice of possibility in the lives of those around us, to be that voice that says, hey, you can be this, you can achieve that, you can go on and do great things. He talked about the teacher who went on and inspired him to realize that he could do something. Uh, she said, I can't change your past, but I can help you change your future. She loved him even when he didn't love himself. Uh, she wasn't planting a rose bush. She was planting an apple tree, baby, the kind of tree that takes a long time to form, but eventually bears fruit that others can, uh, can enjoy and be better because of. Uh, Quran had that baby. But he broke the cycle, he gave away the million dollar contract to take the seven dollar job and change diapers and stay up in the middle of the night raising a kid, and he's still raising that kid. That kid is now 16 years old. Uh, Quran talked about rock, papers and scissors, believe, write it down, cut away the distractions in life. Awesome lessons. All, all these ideas that I heard him share, and yet what, what was my main takeaway? Here's this guy who's had an up-and-down life story that every time he spoke, you could hear, you could see the smile, the joy on his face. It's a choice that Quran makes, and it's a choice each one of us can make each day in our lives going forward. That That's going to be my takeaway, and my friends, I hope you were able to take it away as well today. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you, take a few moments— You can rate the show. You can post on social media. Hey, check out this podcast, this Live Inspired podcast with John O'Leary. It's a quick way that we can continue this movement. We are climbing toward 500,000 downloads on the Live Inspired podcast. That's crazy. We're just starting this movement, and yet it's touching lives. You can help us touch even more. You can help us influence society for good rather than bad. Uh, So consider telling your community, whether that's online or at work, where you worship, where you hang out, your family members, your friends. Tell them about the Live Inspired podcast. You and they can learn more at JohnO'LearyInspires.com. That's JohnO'LearyInspires.com. It's where we keep our show notes. It's where we have our blog, our vlogs, our newsletters, all the information that we are cranking out to support you on your journey through life, so check it out. You, you'll be uh, you'll be better because of it. JohnOlearyInspires.com for this time, and until next time, this is John O'Leary, and this is your day. Live inspired.